this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jennifer Wilson. Hello, Jim. JJ, always glad to see Thank you. Thank you. You too. And you know what I like about you, JJ? Okay. You are a I'm person ready. of character. Oh. And you know why I think what that? What kind of character? <laughs> <laughs> You've always been a character. But what yeah. I've learned to appreciate over time is honestly, JJ, who you are is really demonstrated by how you live. That's how I look at it. I mean, I've known you for a long time, over 20 years. Yes. From my first meeting with you when you came to babysit my children as a yes. student and college, now as a wife and a mom and a person in ministry. I mean, in all of those years, you have consistently proven to me by how you live and what you do and the investments you make oh. that you really are pursuing God. Thank you. And that's the truth. And that's why I'm so proud to see you on the program today. And actually, why you're just a great setup, <laughs> if I could just use you as a prop, a great setup for our content today, which is about how we apply for jobs. We live in mm-hmm. a world where people are anxious about their employment. They're not sure the job they have will last till tomorrow. Maybe they're out of work and they're trying to knock on doors, can't seem to get anywhere. Or maybe you have a loved one who's in that terrible cycle of just discouragement because doors have not opened for the right job. At so many levels, what we do as our vocations has huge impacts on our lives and our self-esteem. And we've been talking for the last few weeks about resumes and about seeking employment as a part of just the tenor of our time. Yes. And doing so through the lens of a New Testament book called James, which has a lot of practical advice on many fronts, but which I think translates very well into our present economy. And back to JJ's life illustration, character matters. Mm-hmm. And who you are and how you live is a part of your resume. It may not be typed up in single spaces. It may not be presented or landing on a desk in just the formal outline that we think of a resume. But when someone's looking at you to hire, who you are and how you've lived, what you do matters. And we can't divorce our experience and our work history and our education and think that's just all it is and just divorce that from the rest of our lives when seeking work or seeking relationships or wholeness or anything in life that's worth having. So today, JJ, let's dive into the book of James and let's look at what he might have to say about things we could do on the character side to enhance and polish our presentation of ourselves, not just manipulatively, no, not that way at all, but so that we can be honest and authentic as who we are and consequently be attractive to someone looking to hire. JJ, in the book of James, he speaks very directly. And this James, we believe, is the half-brother of Jesus. He has the same mother as Jesus, Mary. But Jesus, we believe, conceived by the Holy Spirit in the famous virgin birth, did not have the same father as this James. James was conceived in the marriage union of Joseph and Mary. But as a half-brother of Jesus, he certainly saw him up close and personal, and he understood over time that Jesus was the real deal. Mm -hmm. And he becomes a leader of the church in Jerusalem after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And he becomes a great voice of practical application in Christian faith. And in this book of James, which he writes, he has some great instruction about who we should be and how we should walk in this world. It's in James chapter 3, and if you'll pick up the text at verse 13, I'll bring it to a close at verse 17. If you are wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about the good you do, then you will be truly wise. 
But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag about being wise. That's the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and motivated by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Elegant words, Mm -hmm. powerful words, and very practical words. And in this passage, even at the beginning of what you just read, verse 13, he gives us three pillars upon which we can stand when we're trying to think about ourselves. What is our character really? What are the markers of a noble character, of someone who might be attractive to others? What are they? Let's look at those, JJ. Three things that all of us can pursue to make ourselves more employable and also in more whole relationships. All of us have baggage. We've all lived some and we've all messed up some. Yes, That's true for yes, all of us. Yes. And you know, <laughs> as I spoke at the beginning of the program, JJ, about all of the ways in which your witness, your character has impressed me. Let me say I've also observed many, many times when you were less than your best. No, that's not true. (laughs) Gee, thank you, but it's true. That's not really true at all. But I know because you're born of humanity, as am I, that we all have things that we wish we had not have done. I have a matching set of luggage trailing behind me. (laughs) There we go. And I do too. And some of us carry bigger suitcases than others, but all of us have some. And let's just put that on the table. When we speak about a resume of life, when we think about applying for a job, or developing a relationship in this world, or with God. We all carry to the table things that we are not proud of, even as we have some things that we want to push forward for which we have no shame. That's just human life and experience. Today, though, we're talking about going forward. What do I reach for? Mm -hmm. If I have learned anything from my days gone by, it is that I need to reach for even better things than what I have done in the past. And James here tells us, what we can reach for. Mm-hmm. And this simple phrase, live an honorable life. Yes, I like one version says, live a life of steady goodness. There you steady go. Steady goodness. And to have a sense of living in a way that is steady, that's good, that's honorable. Instead of our mad pursuits over things or reputation or fame or the collection of relationships or some kind of false reach to feed a basic insecurity we have with things that will never fill us up and make us whole. We have to reorient our ambitions to live an honorable life. No matter what kind of job I have, no matter how much money I have, no matter how easy the road or difficult the road, can it be said of me that I was living a life of steady goodness, as you Mm -hmm. say, or an honorable life? And what are the components of that? Well, you, you talk, you guard your speech. We talked about that last week. Stand by your promises. You're kind. You're gracious. You're hardworking dependable. Worthy of trust. I mean, if I make a promise and then I keep it, then the next time someone intersects with me who's seen me keep a promise, more likely that they will trust me more. 
Is there anything more valuable in a working environment than to think that you are trusted by those with whom you work or that you can trust those who are your partners in whatever endeavor you're pursuing? Trust is born out of keeping our promises, standing by our word, speaking and living authentically, not having a lot of pretense, and not trying to reach for things that are beyond our grasp. We all need to strive to live an honorable life, to be dependable, to be worthy of trust. And folks, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter where your address is, no matter how you dress, if you are trustworthy, you have gold. Mm-hmm. And you will be the person others want to be alongside. There's another thing that James suggests to us that's so important if we're going to demonstrate that we're wise and that we have understanding, that we're a person that's worth hiring, for instance, and that is to do good works. Yes. You know, you talked earlier about a resume showing, you know, the education that you've had, the the goals that you have, but it's the it's the the doing, the, you know, proving this, proving that you've desired those things, proving that you've invested in these things by what you've done, the jobs that you've had, the, the evidence, the fruit of that faith. The ways in which you involve yourself, for instance, in your community, mm-hmm. the ways in which you volunteer when you do not have to. And it's hard sometimes to type that on a piece of paper and a resume to create a list of all the things you've done for the good. And yet, if you don't have anything there to type then your references won't bring them up either. And that's a part of every resume, our references. You want to live in such a way that the people you use as references can say more about you than just, well, they type 100 words a minute, or they can figure out any kind of software. You want them to also be able to say, and you know, I've been always impressed by the way in which Jennifer Wilson has loved children, even when she did not have any of her own and the way in which she interacted with children to call the best out of them and volunteered to help children who might not have a way in their own home of origin to go forward, that is the kind of person Jennifer Wilson is. See, when someone calls me for a reference on Jennifer Wilson, I don't have just a set of concrete achievements. I have the sense of a person because of the good they have done. All of us need to be conscious of that. Don't do good so that you have a a bright and promising resume. Do good because it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And so involve yourself in improving the world around you. Be concrete with your commitments to be engaged with others and to elevate your community. Don't just do things that advance your own cause. Have a heart for those around you. And what can you do to bless them? And you know, Jim, I, just as an important, not aside, but important element, this is the heart of, of the Word of God, of what He wants us to do. Love God, worship me. And love your neighbor. And, and it's, there's worship in the sanctuary and the street. And that, I, I feel like that's what this is. You know, I, I make a commitment to God, and I express that commitment to God by a commitment to my community. Absolutely. In fact, even Jesus himself, when challenged by his enemies and those who viewed him with disdain, and they dared him to answer the question, are you all of that really? <laughs> are you really the Messiah? Are you the sent one of God? And his reply, John chapter 10 was, I've already told you who I am. You've seen it in the works that I do. Mm-hmm. You already know, if you just pay attention, who I am by the way in which I live. When John the Baptist sent his disciples, I think it's Luke chapter 7, and said, are you really the Messiah? Are you really all of that? The scripture tells us that Jesus was just then healing and preaching and doing good. And then Jesus turns and replies to them in this way. Just go tell John what you've seen. Mm -hmm. Tell him what you see me doing. And he can draw his own conclusions. 
and so it is for us. If you're also trying to demonstrate that you are wise and that you have understanding, which is a predicate for almost any job I could imagine, James reminds us that we need to be humble. You know, there's a fine line between being confident, I could do this job, and being humble, acknowledging, you know, I still have room to grow. Yes, I like to say it like this, confident but not cocky. Exactly. (laughs) And to be humble, to be honest about ourselves, and to be honest about yourself is to acknowledge, I have some skill sets, there are things I can do. If nothing else, I can throw my whole will and energy and capacity to learn in mastering the job. But I will always acknowledge that I have room to grow. I don't have every answer. I will not always have it perfect but I will be as perfect as I can be in the pursuit of doing the right thing for you, my employer, for this place where I want to be at work. And of course, these concepts and resumes in an employment scenario also work in relationships because we all want to have relationships with others who understand their own sense of self, who know that they can do some things well, but also understand that they are not everything. To be humble is so much a part of every wise and understanding character. And James um, takes an important step here and also in the section where he talks about jealousy, that as you, you know, do the works, as you present yourself confidently, that you avoid comparing yourself to other people or coveting the skill sets that they have and, and being jealous and bitter. Or even pursuing their replacement because I think sometimes we can be tempted to want to dislodge someone else because we covet the desk they sit at or, mm-hmm. or the position they hold, even apart from their skills or persona. Be content with where you are. Mm-hmm. Be like Joseph in Genesis, who always excelled, even though he was in prison at some points. He was the master of a wealthy man's house at another point. Whether he was serving the king of Egypt or whether he was a slave, he did the very best he could where he was to excel. God honored that. Mm -hmm. And all of us need to be content where we are, knowing that God will put us where we need to be as we excel where we are, as we are blooming where we're planted. And then at last, James also tells us to be a team player. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, JJ, but it's always good to be in the company of others who want to play on the same team, whose objects are to advance the whole cause, not just themselves. And part of that team esprit de corps comes in the way in which we can be deferential. Can we hear someone else's idea and say, yes, maybe that is the best way to go apart from my own original thought? Deference is huge. I like the word yield. You know, at a yield sign, you can stop or you can keep going. But it's, it, you're looking around at all times and you're seeing what's happening and, and where other people are moving. And so it's it's... It's an important concept that I, I don't have to always go, always go, always go, that there are times when I stop and I let someone else go. I let their idea take the forefront, and I go with it. Absolutely, and you have to listen to be able to defer, mm-hmm. and you have to be humble to be able to defer. And James also reminds us that we should be in a team without favorites. You know, it's easy sometimes to create a clique in an office or to kind of gravitate to one at the expense of another, to leave some out even as we attach to someone else. Don't play favorites. Every person has something to bring to the table. Every person has been created in the image of God, and there's something there that we can call out of them and find in them that can bless the whole. Be sincere, and you'll be a peacemaker. 
The person who brings peace is really the one we want to have. Peacemakers are people who are the indispensable elements of every working environment. Mm -hmm. Because in a working environment where there is dissension and tension constantly, very few productive hours will pass. But where there is peace, things can get done and things can move ahead. Being a peacemaker is a winner in every relationship, even as you may have to challenge, and sometimes there'll be tough moments because that's about being sincere too. In the end, are you a peacemaker or someone who divides? Are you someone who brings people together or are you someone who pushes them apart? That's where we need to find our place. You know, all of these noble callings, JJ, all of these virtues, these proofs of wisdom and understanding as James has given them to us, seem impossible to reach on my own. I want to be that, but I'm not sure I can be. And I've tried to be that, but falling back on my own resources and ambition, I can't get there. I love that about James, though. I think he knows that. I think what he's, he's elevating the, the, the works side, show evidence of our faith, Christ at work in you. And this is always about just surrendering our lives into the hands of God, trusting mm-hmm. him to remake us, to renew us, to refashion us, allowing ourselves to be renewed by the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And wherever you are today, maybe you're looking for work or you have a job about which you fear. Or maybe you're secure in your place of employment, but you have some relationships that are being stretched. Maybe you're just content in the moment, but you know that you will not sail on this easy sea always. Wherever you are in life, make this your ambition, to be surrendered into the love and forgiveness and grace of God through Jesus Christ the Lord so that he can make you these things. You can take a step with us right now, with JJ and I, As we also once more bow before our God in prayer, join us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you have a purpose for each of us, a destiny and a destination. And that, Lord, you have called us to cooperate with you in the fulfillment of those dreams and hopes that you have for us that can bring us to wholeness in life. We're thankful, Lord, that all of us have things that we can contribute to this world and to others that can make this world better and to make others better too. Help us, Lord, to be safe and secure in your loving arms. We admit, Lord, that by ourselves we're not able to have the virtues that James describes, but we also admit, Lord, that we believe that by the power of Jesus in us, we can rise above the norms and we can rise above ourselves and be these things. We pray that we'll have wisdom and understanding because we are reborn in Christ. Forgive us of our sin, call the best out of us, make us new, and renew our minds with the very thoughts and perspective of Jesus. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me. And I'll run after you. Thank you.
We'd love to hear from you this week. Just give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Or you can find us on the internet at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the Viewpoint Ministry. You can see all the language broadcasts of Christians Broadcasting Hope. Or you can send us an email, and we will reply. Or if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, please, let us hear from you this week. Jennifer Wilson, thanks for coming alongside. Always a privilege to be in your company. Thank you very much. And we thank you for tuning in as well. We hope you'll be with us again next week as at Viewpoint, we try and help you see your world from heaven's view. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.